Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This week's episode of Fact to the Mass, a brand new MMA podcast from News Ireland. I'm Simon McGuire, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by two totem poles of the Irish MMA circus, in Chris Fields and Paul Redmond. Welcome to the show, guys. Where do you get hey. this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from, Simon. The intros, yeah. No, after, yeah. after last after last week's build up, I, I, I tried to top it. <laughs> I, I like totem poles. That's a good one. Mm. I like that one. That's new. That's new. And uh, later in the show, we'll be joined by MMA writer with TheAthletic.com, Chuck Mindenhop, and he'll give us his thoughts on a couple of the talking points from UFC 249. First off, lads, how good was it uh, to have live sport back on the box, even if it's a staple six in the morning to watch it? Yeah, I don't stay up at six o'clock in the morning to watch it. I watch fights uh, the next day or whatever. So I'm only after literally just catching up with the fights. Uh, but yeah, some crackers on it, some really good fights. Um, not going to lie, I've only watched the main card, but I'll go back and uh, <laughs> I'll go back and I'll, uh, I'll do a recount for Saturday's show. <laughs> I'll stay up for tomorrow night's show if that's uh, tomorrow night's card. If that's if I'm going to get like grounded here, Simon. Chris, uh, your thoughts on the, the previous? I actually season. didn't see any of the card. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> We'll regroup on Wednesday afternoon and we'll come back on Saturday to something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought, uh, it was, like, obviously great to... I, to be honest, live sport doesn't matter that much to me. I'm not going to... I don't watch a lot of football. I don't watch many of the sports. Fights are... Like, that's just having fights on was amazing. Um, and it, it felt like like there was a... It was a good bit of, like, a good bit of excitement... Uh, around it, like lads from off my team would have been messaging in the groups and all. Everyone was mad excited for the fights. Felt like um, one of those, you know, like a like a big like a big night when an Irish guy is fighting. Let's say that the likes of Paul or Neil or or uh, Connor or something on a card. Everyone's a bit excited. Everyone's talking about it. You know, so it's good. Yeah, I mean, just just uh, going to the televised prelims. I mean, it kicked off with Luke and Price, and I kind of thought when I saw that fight, you know, it was going to be setting it up for a good night. Yeah. That was a knock. <laughs> yeah, that was a knock. Yeah, and um, Luke is very clean, isn't he? Very clean about his work, and um, doesn't really make too many big errors. Like hands are always in the right position. Doesn't risk much either, though. It's kind of, you know, it's just very, 
yeah, like nice straight shots and stuff, and it adds in the left hook every now and again. Would you say Price forced him out of his comfort zone then? A, a little bit. He kind of your Nico Price is very difficult to deal. He does some crazy stuff, and then he was entering takedowns, trying to enter takedowns off weird positions as well. Like, uh, um, he, you know, I, I think Luke is okay with getting into it, but he likes to get into it in a kind of keen, a clean kind of K one manner. Hands are tight. Always lead, uh, moving on the lead foot, like you know, kind of lifting the lead foot a lot, and then he'll just throw hard straight shots down the pipe. Yeah, and that win kind of bumped him into the top fifteen in the division. And I was just had a quick look there. Robbie Lawler is one place ahead of him. I think that would be the the way to go next. What do you reckon? It's a serious fight. Um, what like you know we spoke about Cerrone, uh, like last week about what what do you think about Robbie Lawler in that position? Is he kind of like is there is there much left for Lawler to do really? There's there's not. Um, I'd love to get Paul. Like I yeah, I don't mean as in like he should uh, retire. I'm just saying like he's probably he's been to the top of the hill. You know what I mean? Like like he's probably not going to get to the top of the hill again. Far be it from me to tell the man how to handle his career. But like I don't know. Yeah, like the likes of fighting someone like Luke isn't going to get him too excited, is it? You know, maybe Lawler might be more interested in someone like Pettis. Uh, and Pettis might be more interested in someone like Lawler next. Uh, big fight for both. Kind of nice little, a good fight for the fans, I'd imagine. I think we'd all be <laughs> happy to watch that. Uh, it looks like Pettis probably going to stay at Welter, does it? Or is he going to bounce around? That was at 55 the other day, was it? Last night? No, oh, that so, was so. at Welter. Was it, yeah? Yeah, that was at Welter. I don't fuck all on these fights, man. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. <laughs> I do apologize. <laughs> Uh, but like, sure, it's it's two fifty five ers fighting a welter, so it's the same you difference. Know you know, I would love say the way one did it. Uh, probably going a bit off topic here, but um, the weight and stuff. But I would love every just organization said, look, you're a fifty five er, now you're fighting a seventy, but it's the same guys in our division, no weight cuts at all. Yeah, I'd I'd fucking love it, and I think you'd get more, you'd get better, better fights out of the field. The one thing I was going to ask both of you guys, actually, not the way people always talk about a 165 division. Yeah. Like, it's a huge cut between um, 155 and 170. Is there an argument to be made for moving the welterweight division from 170 to 175? That way, all the the records would stand. And then having a a light welterweight at 165. Yeah, so, like, the way you're only adding in, and everyone was saying, oh, you'll wear down the divisions and stuff like that. You won't. So between 125 and 55 is every 10 pounds 25, 35, 45, 55. Then it goes 15 pounds to 70, another 15 to 85, and then 20 pounds to fucking yeah. take the got fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's too much of a drop. So if you get rid of the 170 or just move it to 175, you're only creating one more at 65. Then you've got 65, 75, 85. Throw in another 195. That's two divisions you've only made. Um, and then keep the heavyweight the way it is. I maxed out 265, and 205 is the limit. So you've only created two more divisions. Sorry, one more division. Um, uh, 32, 65 and yeah, 8. Yeah, 195, yeah. 95, you know. So I don't... Uh, a, a one, like, I think probably yourself, Paul, a 165 would suit, and a 195 would have suited me my whole career. I was, I now, was always now, killing now, myself. Now that I'm getting that little bit... Uh, Sort of older and tick, ticker um, with the, whatever weights I'm doing. It's the 55 cut is a little bit harder um, in terms of just got to do it a little bit longer. You're going to go about eight or nine weeks. 
Um, I'm quoting instead of the usual two and three I used to do when I was 21, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I find, like, I just, as soon as I had a kid, like, literally I had a kid, and I was like, right, that's that, and I'll make a middleweight again. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't, can't like, be woke up during the night with a kid crying and be starving and dehydrated and miserable, and, you know, so I was like, right, I'm out. Can't do it anymore. I just think it'd get better fights, though, because I know even when I was doing that big cut to 145, the mind the force from that I cut all that weight in like uh yeah a few days. days yeah so even for that second one I did three months and it was strict strict diet everything was like like you were saying the other day you're holding yourself back because you can't eat that much so mm-hmm. um it was three months strict diet I was lifting crazy amount of weights crazy amount of cardio I was miserable for three months I ended up getting me fucking jaw spun in the bleeding force round you know um, I just cut I like yeah. That, the water cut for that fight was still seven kilos. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I never I, I never managed in my like my whole career, I never managed to get under um ninety kg ever to make walking around. Uh, 80, yeah, to make eighty four. So I was always cutting like six kilos of water, like yeah. always. That's that's the least I ever got to, like cutting six kilos of water. Just miserable. That's like, it's just horrible, you know. And then, and now, well, the only other one I've done for 24 hours now was, uh, sorry, 24 hours weigh-ins. That was at 170 was Polaris. I know it's a different thing, but um, it was a day. You get the day before weigh-in. Well, I dieted down to 170, jumped on the scales straight over to Nando. So a bit of food, and I walked in maybe at 79 kilos just for, for whatever right. you would have had. So you're not throwing on that much more weight. Like I said, it was only a 10-minute grappling match, but um, I just felt great in there on, on the yeah, day. Yeah. So before we move on any further, lads, uh, I caught up with Chuck Mindenhall earlier, and I started by asking his thoughts on Gaethje's game plan. And speaking of weight cutting, if cutting weight twice in three weeks affected Ferguson's performance? Yeah, man. You know, uh, I kind of worried uh, when they booked... Ferguson, now I, let me just start by saying I'm one of the guys who is your protective a little bit of the idea of Nurmaga Madoff versus Ferguson. I know we talked about this a little bit last week. So you're already looking at this fight a little bit from an eggshell standpoint of uh, what might happen if Gaethje does come in and execute like a, uh, a, a a game plan of using kind of his potential the full way that we know he can do. I, I feel like we've been waiting to see this fight, right? Like the, this guy who's a little bit more dialed back a little bit more measured, a little bit more like stick and move, but still kind of loading up on his punches. I felt like he was picking his shots really well, and we saw it. Uh, so I think that, honestly, man, for me, that was the best Justin Gaethje I think I've ever seen. And to sustain it and just kind of keep doing it, and you could see he was enjoying the process. I think he knew he was hitting the game plan. I think he knew he had kind of Tony sized up and uh, and all of that stuff, and he was you know had the rhythm down and all that. I just think that uh, it was pretty brilliant. I think that Trevor Whitman, his coach, really dialed in on how to how to take out Ferguson. But I also think that he understood if he just got Justin to not be, you know not try for the ambush, if he gets him hurt, not ambush him and just go in there and, and be crazy, but to just continue to take him apart, that it would be his night, and that was it. So brilliant game plan. I thought it was like a real a really brilliant game plan. As for your second part, man. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of the uh, the Tony Ferguson. He didn't look quite right, right? Like it just looked like he wasn't the exact same guy we're used to seeing. This guy who's like a pressure forward, um, 
you know, getting his moments of offense, maybe some kooky, you know, behaviors and stuff in the, in the, in, in, and trying to pull off some, uh, some crazy moves. I felt like we weren't seeing that version. It did seem like there was something a little off with him. But this could have been, you hate to point it out, man, but this could be like the age, 36 years old, with having cut weight a couple of weeks ago and maybe just all of those things adding up to him not being 100% uh, come fight night on Saturday. And where do you think that leaves uh, the division now? I, I, I'm assuming Gaethje's going to fight Khabib next if Khabib can get out of Russia in the next couple of months. Yeah. There's kind of a cue then. Um, Ferguson will probably receive some sort of medical suspension because he got pretty banged up. Um, that's only me speculating at the moment. But then, like, is McGregor Poirier? Is that uh, a possibility? Oh, man. Uh, I think so. But, man, I, I feel like everything is so speculative with, uh, with McGregor. I feel like because the business model under Endeavor is a little bit more structured toward entertainment and kind of putting on big fights, he might be the monkey wrench in any scenario that we're thinking of and, and in terms of inevitable matchmaking. But in my mind, man, I, you know, I, I think that the Poirier fight, you know, I, I've said this before. I just I think that that fight, given their history that they, you know, they fought once before and, you know, kind of in the in the deal of if you don't want to just throw Connor basically into a big title fight type scenario, who's the guy that would maybe catapult him towards that or give him that chance to do that? Honestly, man, looking at the terrain, I think just uh, Dustin uh, Poirier is the guy to kind of do that. So I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. Um, And I think that the UFC will probably look at it. But again, I feel like at this point, man, my read on what the UFC thinks in terms of their matchmaking is probably at an all-time low. (laughs) And just yes or no, straight to the, the co-main, was the referee right to stop the fight, in your opinion? I didn't think so, not in real time. No, uh, I just, it was, there, only because of the clacks, right? We knew that it was inside 10 seconds, that's it. I just thought that in that situation, he's still kind of there. It wasn't like he was twitching on the ground, you just, you let him recover in that moment. Okay, and do you think Cruz's reaction, he's obviously very upset. Um, I've never seen him that uh, pissed off before. Yeah. Do you think he's done himself? Um, uh, he's tarnished his reputation by you know accusing the referee of you know stinking of booze and cigarettes. Yeah. I don't know if he's. Let's put it this way, man. I feel like that that's a pretty strong accusation for sure. And if if he's saying that, it better be founded in some kind of truth and not just saltiness. Um, honestly, if that's really the case, then maybe there needs to be an investigation on Keith Peterson and uh, and that sort of thing. Because that's kind of unprecedented. You you definitely don't want that sort of thing going on um, in the fight game. So if he's bringing that up and he's he's not just being um, you know bitter over the loss or whatever it is and, and coming, then it's it. I think that it's it warrants him mentioning. But maybe this would have he might have went about it a little bit differently. Let's put it that way. Um, you funny you, funny you mentioned that. I have a recording here um, of remember the Robbie Lawler Ben Askren stoppage. The controversial nature of that. Yeah. And here's 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 what Dominic Cruz had to say to Ariel on ESPN um, straight after that. It's hard to say what's wrong and right when he was making the best call that he saw. Mm. So I would say he made the right call that he saw, but I would say that it was the wrong call because we saw that he wasn't out. So it's hard to say because when you're the ref, you do what you got to do. You're seeing what you see. And I think that he didn't tap, and I think that he knows at a certain point, what are you going to do if the, if the refs right. see it? What, are you going to cry and whine about it like TJ? Or are you just going to... Are you just going to move forward and say, I took my loss, I can't change it? That's just the way it is, right? Why do you have to bring up TJ? 
We're just having like a friendly conversation here. Well, you got people who, as champions who hold themselves and take responsibility when they mess up, and you got the ones that don't. Robbie Lawler takes responsibility, and the other champion doesn't. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Minden, your initial reaction, please. Well, the fight game is... Uh, Hypocrisy has stayed in business a long time in the fight game, my friend. <laughs> That's pretty funny that you found that clip. I mean, it's it's always a little bit different when it happens to you, right? Like when something happens to you and then your reaction, it's easier to judge a man's character rather than uh, to show you his own. So that's pretty funny to hear that, man. Yeah, I mean, I was digging for that and I was like, I saw it and I was like, jackpot. <laughs> yeah. No matter what he says, before I listened to it, I knew he was going to be it was going to be good. See you put together a uh, a string of Dana White's uh, you know contradictions. You could you could have like eight hours of running tape like of uh, I, don't, I don't think enough. I don't think enough days in the hours <laughs> of the day for me to get through one of them. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but but um, kind of moving on from that, Cejudo announced his retirement. Do you think that's likely to to stick? I think it's unlikely to stick. Um, Honestly, man, when I saw it in real time, I thought I was pretty shocked. I, I had a moment where I'm like, okay, whoa, I didn't see that coming. If anybody's going to retire, it's Dominic Cruz, right? Like he's a little bit older. He's been gone. He's coming back. Maybe that. But if you said that Cejudo was going to do that, I would have been uh, not understanding. And then it starts to kind of dawn on you. And I have to say this is where your hunch. You're like, wait a minute. Is he just is he doing this because he feels uh, disrespected in terms of the financials? And he's trying to kind of leverage himself. Uh, it's hard to say, man. I, I feel like he he's a little bit of a unique character in this game, uh, obviously. like, And I think that a lot of people, you know, we call him, you know, cringy and all that stuff. But he's also a very thoughtful person. It's possible, man. I mean, it's possible that some, you know, it's possible that he's uh, reached that point of his career. Where he's like, you know what? I've done everything I need to do. But let me say something else. I know that he likes money and he's probably at the at the point where he can make the most of it. So if you're going to leverage or you're going to do something drastic to try to get that money, this would be the moment, right? So this might be just his way of doing that. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll see him at least find yeah. another, a three fight contract or something like that. Yeah. Um, Cause I he's kind of the lifestyle of those lower divisions at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose uh, I have a bit of an apology to make to, to Donald Cerrone. Um, <laughs> you know, he looked like, I, I, I was concerned with the punishment he was taking and the fighters he was getting it off towards the tail end of, well, what I, what I thought was the tail end of his career. But he came out against Anthony Pettis and performed how we'd expect him to perform. I think he was very unlucky with the eye poke. I think that cost him the round and then ultimately cost him the decision. So in my head, he be beat Anthony Pettis. What was your take on it? I agree with you 100%. Um, in real time, as you're watching it, I was shocked that they didn't uh, do something that was very clear that he had been poked in the eye. I, I, you know, and usually if a guy is doing that where he's kind of like throwing up his hands and saying like, hey, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm poked in the eye, the referee just instinctually or, you know, just intuitively will step in there for a minute and check that out. This was really weird because he did it a couple of times and Pettis just smelled blood in the water like you should in a situation like that and said, I guess I'll go in there and try to take his head off while, while I can. Um, but that was clearly the, you know, that was the pivotal moment of that fight. And if you look at it, I think that you might be right. Um, if he if they just stop the action or whatever happens there, that was a close round, man. I feel like the big part of the offense came from Pettis at that moment, and you're just like, it's a completely different uh, setup. So very well could have been um, playing into the what, what, what you mentioned. It might have steered for Cerrone's favor, which is unfortunate, man, given where he's at in his career. Um, you would like to see it be a cleaner defeat if he's going to lose at that point. You know what I mean? 
And then just off the back of that, what do you see next for, for either fighter? Oh, man. Um, you know, this to me felt like one of those, like, you know, all relevance toward top contention or top 10 might be on the line. Like, so if whoever lost might be just kind of out of that for good. My, my, my opinion hasn't really changed that much, but I think for Pettis, he could possibly, um, he looked good. I mean, like, I thought he looked pretty good, and he seems to be okay to fight at lightweight or, you know, welterweight. I feel like he should, he should just keep doing what he's doing, not worry too much about the belts, but maybe look at guys that he just wants to fight, maybe make some money and, like, uh, kind of, not novelty fights, but just fights that uh, fan-friendly fights, you know what I mean? And if you're Cerrone, man, I feel like the UFC should throw him at least another bone. The guy's been there for, for them for, you know, for the whole... For years, and he's kind of been the company man and all that, and he's stepped in. I feel like they, especially coming off slight controversy like we're mentioning, I feel like the UFC should at least give him another guy, um, preferably somebody who would accommodate him in his, to his type of fight and let him try to get his bearings back one more time uh, before doing anything drastic. So I'd like to see him fight a guy who's kind of in the, you know, below like the top 20s and, and get him rolling again if he can, you know what I mean? So uh, that's what I would do with those guys. All right, and that was Chuck Mindenhall from TheAthletic.com giving his thoughts there. And I suppose I'll apologize again for my call for Donald Cerrone to consider retiring because he looked like, the, like even though he lost, it was, and I said it on the tape there that the eye poke that wasn't called um, probably cost him that round and ultimately the decision. But what were your thoughts on his performance, Chris, and, and who would you like to see him fight next? I thought I thought he's looked like the uh, Cerrone that we've seen fight at welterweight. He's using his wrestling a bit more, and he didn't. He wouldn't have done that so much at lightweight. But when he went up to welterweight, he seemed to use it a fair bit more. He'd shoot for the takedowns a little bit more and kind of playing the outside a bit. Uh, didn't throw caution to the wind as much as he would at lightweight as well. Kind of, um, but I thought it was a, like a solid performance. Same as you, I thought he won the fight other than the eye poke that looked like he got landed on, and so probably swung around to Pettis and. Um, I'm just thinking like that um, maybe him and Nico Price would be a good fight yeah uh, and it kind of gets you to see where Cerrone's at then if he can still be competitive in the division without fighting someone in the top 10 you know yeah and just going on from that Paul if you like the eye poke wasn't called and it's it's obvious Pettis capitalised for at least 20-25 seconds have you ever been affected by an eye poke yourself in a fight yeah I caught one in uh, my last fight you know it wasn't too it was nothing major. It didn't really sort of blow my vision or anything like that. But it, it, it sort of it went in on sort of a scramble in, when we were so when we were close together. Um, ref seeing it, and the guy knew he poked me in, in the eye. Um, so it was sort of like the ref just jumped on it there and then gave me, you know, it was giving me as much time as he as I needed. But I didn't sort of need more than ten seconds. It was just it was superficial, really. You know, nightmare. Someone just starts throwing shots, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I can understand if uh, if the ref genuinely missed it or or whatever, but you know, you can't sort of claw them a couple of seconds back if someone's like Chris said, pinging the head off you, and you're trying to see out one eye, and try, yeah. you're not even fighting back proper because you're probably uh, you know rubbing your eye as it's yeah. going. You know, it's 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 a weird thing. The first thing you do, like I've actually, I don't think I've ever had one in a fight, but I've um, it's happened to me in the gym a good few times, even just the corner of the glove scratching it. And yeah, the first thing yeah. you do is you put your hand to it. You can't help yourself. You have to put your hand to it. Like, and should it, you're not you're not intelligently defend yourself at all. There are you like really no. And then I mean, like that really did cost surrounding the decision. So in my head, he won, and he's he's back in the game. 
As for Pettis, I mean, I know we talked about it. Probably the Robbie Lawler fight would be a great one. It, it's fan friendly. It's two big names going at it, and there's not really much on the line. Bar the the fighting for the money and the and the and legacy, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it could easily headline a fight night. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, look, I don't think every every I don't think every fight has to be um, sort of for the belt or for this and that to make an entertainment or to, to make it a big draw, you know. Um, there's plenty of fights I like to see out there that you know doesn't it's not necessarily for a belt. Um, so that'd be that'd be a super entertaining fight, I think. But I think uh, Pet says he wants to stay keeper. Um, like like Chris was saying, if he's fighting a fifty five at one seventy, that's grand. You know, you're yeah, fighting. Well, Lawler's at 170, so he's obviously yeah. cutting down to 170. That's the only problem with that is he's probably a thick boy compared to Pettis. Yeah, much bigger man, I would have thought. Much bigger man. Yeah, but I was just looking there. Lawler, Lawler's last win was against Roney in, in July uh, 2017. And he kind of, if, if, you have to ask, is he, is he still interested in fighting? You can't really, um, you can't really put the Ben Askren thing... Uh, now you know that's that's just one of them things. It wasn't happening. He wasn't now. He you know it was a weird call. Um, and he but he looked great up until that. Like he dropped Ben. Yeah. He was he was swarming him. You know, um, that was just a weird one. But I think he has like he looked great in the first minute. That for if, if if you want to call it that, you know. But it looked the same sort of. Um, I think out. I think you. I think he could wheel Robbie Lawler out at 80 and he'd still want to fight. He's one of those guys. <laughs> he's just, hees a fighter. He epitomizes the whole thing, doesn't he? Like, yeah. He is a fighter. Like. Well, just elsewhere on the, the prelim card there, Carla Esparza got a, a dubious decision over Michelle Watterson. I had Watterson winning that one. And then Alenic and Verdum. Just, Verdum just didn't look the same, did he? He just looked old. Yes. Uh, even though he nearly he looked old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is like a funny boy. Do, do you know? I thought I thought Verdun won the fight. Um, I the same thing happened to one of my guys, uh, James Webb. Um, for a, a title, it ended up being a draw uh, on Cage Warriors, <clears throat> and he got lots of takedowns. Played the jiu-jitsu game, and Verdun made the same mistake. He didn't show any shots, so he was just controlling them, looking for souls. But like, if he did it by control time, Verdun had much more. Uh, I thought Verdun took two of the rounds, realistically, but um. That's not how the judges saw. <laughs> you see, I did the, uh, the the referee judges course with Mark Goddard. I thought it was really interesting. And supposedly, that's the way they should be scored it now. And, you know, yeah. you, are, you are controlling the fight. Yeah, even it's by position only or whatever. If nothing else is happening, what are you basing the score on? So, say if nothing, say if um, Verdun gets the takedown at the start, there's not really much thrown throughout the whole round. And Verdum's on top and he's walking and he's walking through a submission game. So who are you going to score the round to? Obviously Verdum because he's been walking for the last five minutes. You know what I mean? So, so what was happening was like Verdum was getting those positions, but then there was little bits on the feet where your man Olnick was just swinging, just swinging bombs. Not really like technical, but swinging and landing on gloves and stuff. And I think they scored it just by pure aggression, which I don't know. Myself and Paul are probably very similar. I'm always looking at the cleaner guy and going, you know, like, so like we're doing, we understand how hard the takedown is. You understand how hard it is to control someone like uh, Alexei Olenek, like on the ground. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was a mad decision. It's just time over, it's time over walk rate, basically. It's, okay, you're swinging for two minutes. It's only two minutes of a five-minute round. Where's the other three? Who's winning that other three minutes? Yeah. So ever since I did that uh, course, I actually look at 
fight's a little bit different. If I'm just watching that as a fan, I'll watch it and go, great. But if I'm sitting down and sort of trying to pick it apart, I'll, I'll certainly say, you know, Bardem will win, win that because of his control or whatever. Yeah, that's how I felt. He did. You, how did you feel, Simon? How did you feel the fight went? Do you think it was a fair result? Uh, I, I was leaning towards Alanik, but it, it, listening to you two guys, it, like you're kind of kind of swinging towards Verdum now. I, um, don't don't let me sway your vote, Simon. No, like I, I, <laughs> at the time, at the time, I said Alanik probably won a close decision, and when I saw it, I was like, yeah. Grant, but. You know, you, maybe you're comparing Verdum to what he used to be, or what I was, you know, like the time he fought. Um, yeah. The big lad there, I can't think of his name. <laughs> Travis Brown. Oh, you know. big lads are heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just, maybe it's just because the decline in him was so kind of visible to me that uh, I kind of thought, all right, Alanik probably has this. See, that's he, he looked it through. Yeah, well, I think you're watching it too. Not you personally, but yeah. anytime you watch it, or anytime I watch fights, and it's somebody I really like, the, the, the what goes down in the fight goes out the window. I was like, oh, yeah, Crowcock won that fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he got knocked out, Paul. No, no, he's grand, he's grand. When he wakes up, he'll be delighted yeah. with the decision. Shake yeah. it around here. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Where do you think that puts puts the two guys now? I don't know what Verdum does next. Don't really know what his move is. Um, maybe uh, on the neck Rosenstruck. Mm. Uh, I think Rosenstruck will eat him alive. Like, if if Alan can't get him to the ground early, is Rosenstruck back awake yet? Or <laughs> yeah, he was more uh, guys. And Ghana was one scary boy. He is. He is, he's a, like, he, he is a scary human. He is a scary human. He, he, wait, he just waded in. There was no, like, he, he just swung haymakers and missed by miles and then clean, gone. But I was watching uh, something, something before on, uh, sorry, somebody break down his technique and he's meant to be a really good boxer anyways. That wasn't boxing dude. I know he was no. just coming in and swinging. But against um, 
uh, over him. He did one or two little things in it. Like, to how he got that uppercut that put him away, there's one or two little bits before it. That you know, he, he pulls a shot over him, chose, and then bang. So he was waiting on it. But Saturday night was not technical at all. It was just that was the old chip shop, wasn't it? The old chipper swing. Yeah. And look, I tell yeah. you what, though, if, if someone's going to hit you a chipper swing, you don't want it to be in Ghana, do you? Like, my right. God. I think if he hit me house that I live in, the whole <laughs> that's, you know, it's, it's just a scary, scary deal. And I think he's actually after getting. Leaner but thicker, if that makes yeah. sense. He's had the yeah. treading a good bit of sort of uh, unnecessary weight for heavyweight, and he's just lean as lean, 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 lean. Uh, do you think the UFC, like it seems anyway, that the UFC want him to be champ? Like that's the way it seems. They want yeah, him I mean, there, they're really pushing him. Well, what did you think of him and Steve a couple of two years ago? Was it a year and a half ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Two, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought like it showed, and uh, like a huge part of me can probably like I'd I'd almost be confident in saying he hasn't filled any of those holes. <laughs> no, but it's exactly the same. Yeah, but the thing is, there is that he clips. He even gets yeah. and the one of them digs on you, and you're gone. So what they're saying now is maybe him in DC for the interim. Because Stipe can't come back. That I think DC would destroy him. Take him yeah, down and maul him. DC just takes him down. I think once Francie Boy is on his back, that's it. He's done. Yeah. And I think DC does it a lot better than Stipe. I think DC will finish him on the ground. I think he'll sub him or something. Yeah. I'd buy that. Yeah. But, so but an interesting fight because if he touches you once, <laughs> you're going to sleep. Like. But speaking of uh, almost going to sleep or not going to sleep, what was your reaction, immediate reaction to the Dominic Cruz stoppage? Did you think the referee was right to jump in? Yes or no? No. Uh, no. Chris, I'm, no. On the, I'm, I'm on the fence on it because I'm literally just after watching it about eight minutes ago. All right. So it's fresh in my mind. So um, I think, look, he had the big knee. He got dropped. He was, he was scrambling well back to his feet, but he, he put his two hands down. Obviously, that's what you need to do to get back to your feet. But he had his back turned, and yet about six, seven clean hard shots. Some judges, uh, some referees would have let, could have let it go, and there'd be no questions um, said or anything like that. Some people would have called it, and you know, it's just one of those things that it's it's your per- your own personal opinion. I don't think there was anything wrong with the stoppage, um, but it could have gone maybe on another couple of seconds. If, that, if that's my sort of thing on it. I, I, I didn't see it going any other way anyway. So, like, had he got back up, I don't see that he was going to come back and win the fight. The fight was drifting from him at that point either way. Uh, what do you think I of uh, his whole performance, um, you know, from start to finish? Uh, Dom, like, uh, yeah. yeah um, he, look, he looked like he mi- he's missing a step, didn't he? Looked a little bit slower than usual, which is his biggest thing. A little bit slower, I thought, even just from the very first. Look at him when they cut the camera to him in the corner. Just thought he looked like he'd aged a couple of years, um, especially after four years out or whatever. I think his footwork, I think he was overplaying his footwork. I think he really tried it. Yeah. Well, he, he used to just do it so smooth. So just he'd bounce in, bounce out, switch, switch stance, go southpaw, go orthodox, and it was great. I think it was there. Uh, 
I think he was trying to overdo it. He was crossing his feet at some stage, at some point. Yeah, I saw uh, that, yeah. I just, I, I just don't think he looked himself. I, I think it was the wrong fight to give him um, as one coming back. Obviously, he took it. Um, the UFC gave it to me. I'm not going to turn the fight down. I just think it was, you know, if, yeah. if your goal is the belt again, start three fights back, get a gimme fight as you're coming in, get you used to, you know, fighting it under the lights and stuff like that. The whole, just the whole process, you know, just, he just looked off. He looked terrible. Do you think? Do you think a problem might be because Dom, like Dominic style in general? Uh, do you think Cejudo's speed might have been the issue? Because like you're dealing with a guy coming up who's quick, much quicker yeah. than the guys you're used to fighting. You know? Yeah, I know. I thought Cejudo, I thought Cejudo looked great. I thought, um, I thought his leg kicks were working for him really well. He was throwing everything behind him, and he was catching too. We seemed to time Dom's footwork. Every time Dom would land on the left foot, the leg kick would come in, so yeah. we couldn't check. So he was, he was timing it really well, and I thought his hands looked great as well, you know. Yeah, I think like I felt anyway. I I, I wasn't particularly fond of the stoppage, but I, I don't think like long term it really made a difference to the you know the result. I think the result was going to be uh, uh, Cejudo winning that fight, like the way it was looking. I mean, and then just following on from that, uh, I don't. What do you think of Cruz's uh, comments afterwards, and then? Then obviously we heard how he how he reacted to Robbie Lawler's, uh, you know, how he his stoppage against Ben Askren. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, you're always gonna. I think you're always gonna say say stuff like that when you're um when you're meant to be impartial, sitting on the fence as a commentator. What he does now, you know, he's got to call it the way you see it. But when you're in there, it's a different story, and something doesn't go your way. You're like, oh, fuck this, you know. I, I need to yeah. get, you know. So it's look. I don't think I don't think it was the worst stoppage in the world. You know, um, I think it might have been a couple of seconds, three or four seconds early. Yeah, um, but I don't think. Do, it was do you know what? I actually thought, like, had the ref stopped it a little bit earlier, it would have been more just. He had a couple the, of shots. Yeah, just from you the knee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like just after the first shot after the knee, had the ref jumped in, no one would have argued. The fact that he started to push himself back up went against yeah. the ref. So the ref, the ref had probably made his decision at the point I'm talking about. And by the time he came in, what you know? did you think of the comments? So dumb, uh, Cruz made comments on the ref after the fight. Yeah, the uh, cigarettes and yeah. So did you not see the ref's reply on Twitter? Oh, wrecked him, <laughs> wrecked him. Uh, he wrecked him. I, I thought that he, was a beauty. Come here. So how does that work now? So the weird thing is, Cruz can't prove that now because the time has passed to actually prove that the guy might have had alcohol in the system or whatever. So it's a bit of a nothing comment. I don't really get it. Doesn't it seems out of character for him? I think he was frustrated more than anything else. And um, I think it's uh, look. So what if the guy did? Like I mean, not obviously. Like he's not going to be drinking. Of the day that he's going to be going into, like, yeah, he might have been out the night before, but not even like you know, when you're sitting around the hotel, you might have two or three beers, two or three beers isn't going to affect your job the next day, you know. Um, yeah, that's I, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know. The uh, like the thing is, like, you know, the weird thing with fighting, is, especially getting finished, it's kind of embarrassing, yeah, it doesn't, like, yeah. You. Yeah, and so you like you're you know when you get embarrassed you tend to say dumb shit, <laughs> and I think maybe that there might be a bit of that at play because like every time I've seen Cruz in anything else he seems like a kind of like I don't know the guy personally but he seems like a decent guy and he seems to kind of yeah. even when he's lost before he accepted it and kind of went on with it you know it's the first time I've ever seen him act like that about anything. 
Look, in his mind, he probably he was probably he was probably okay and getting back to his feet. Um, so you know, he, he was just probably thinking to himself, you know, I'm grand here, but you give the you give the ref an option to jump in by yeah. putting their two hands down and your back turned while eating shots. That's the only thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then dealing with that, and then knowing there mightn't be a rematch when Cicero announces his retirement, and the, I'd say that just set him off even further. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. What do you think of that Cejudo thing? Do you think he's just trying to leverage UFC for extra money or do you think he's actually... Yeah, so like a couple of weeks ago he said uh, as soon as he gets rid of uh, Cruz, he's going to 45, he's going to bomb uh, Volkanovski's jar off and stuff like that. Um, I don't see it happening. Um, but the statements he makes, the king of cringe. Uh, so... <laughs> Well, before we, before he becomes the first three-way champion, we'll look at... Uh, what did you, we actually saved this the best to last. Justin Gaethje's, uh, you know, remarkable performance against Tony Ferguson. What were your thoughts? Chris? I think, uh, I think yeah, Trevor, Trevor Whitman's a genius, if I'm being honest. I love coaching. I love cornering. Paul also does a, a shit ton of both of those things as well. And just to see, like, uh, how Whitman handled him, his fighter, the game plan... How they went about their business, knowing Gaethje's, uh, like, these, what's that French term, pinchon, to get into a bit of a, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, get into, yeah, yeah, to get into a bit of a knock, you know, he, he kind of was able to reel him back in before the last round. I thought, I think it was, it was a masterclass. It's probably the best Justin Gaethje we're ever going to see. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought, um, thought it looked great from the full spell, from the full sort of exchange. Um, on top of that, I thought Tony looked horrible. Um, but take nothing away from Justin, I thought it was a great performance. He was putting everything into them shots at one point. Uh, Whitman had to say, that, I think it was the end of the tour round, stop putting everything into every shot. Yeah. And I, you yeah. know, you're going um, to... I don't think he tired himself out because, you know, he's, he's a big guy. Um, but there's just no need for it. You know, use the jab. And when the big right hand comes, uh, take it. I thought, it was, I thought his left hook was the... Uh, was his 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 um his best punch the whole the whole night. He was hitting a one two. He was rolling. Simon has COVID. He's coughing. <laughs> now I think he, I think he was hitting a one two. Tony was seemed to be swing, swinging like a wild left over. He'd roll under as he's rolling. He's throwing the left hook and it was it was there all night. He must have hit him with um you know at least five or six heavy heavy left hooks that put anyone out. You know I thought uh, Tony's chain was great, but. I thought his performance as a whole, not so good. I thought, um, just you, you mentioned it there, Whitman said, I think it was between three and four, I think you are right, about the, uh, like the setting up the right hand, and he actually started to land the right hand a lot after that. It's kind of coming yeah. like a little dip on there, overhand right, it was peachy. Like I think uh, Ferguson, I, I don't know if he just kind of got hit a few times early and then ran out of ideas. I don't think he knew what to do. Couldn't take the guy down. Wouldn't even attempt that then, you know? Well, here's one for you. I wasn't getting Eddie Bravo's comments in the, in the, in between the fourth and fifth round. Uh, you know, it's time to do an Imanari roll here when you're getting hit. An Imanari roll. An Imanari roll. Against a D1 wrestler. Yeah. You know. That's just desperation as well. Imagine your fighter hearing you say that. They know that it's done. You know what I mean? I just don't think... If you... It's like, it's like in life, if you don't have good advice, don't say anything. Don't, don't even give yeah, back. Yeah. 
there was there was a bit of that going on in between rounds too, though. Like so, you have Trevor Whitman in that doing that amazing work in one corner, and then you have the other corner. A few times they were, they were like, eh, mm, eh. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, not um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I <clears throat> I don't know if Tony had prepared for Khabib for so long, and then maybe just like a very different fight, maybe fighting off his back for a few rounds and stuff like that, and then had a kind of switcheroo maybe eight weeks before that, or I don't know, but he looked... I think it, he looked burnt out. I think he might have been in training camp too long. I think he, what was he, he was doing eight weeks for Khabib, and then that was postponed and all that type of stuff, or whatever happened, and then it turned into like something like 12 weeks, and then another four weeks. It started they had changed the fights, and then it was like another three or four weeks, then on top of that... Plus, throw in another weight coat that he did four weeks on his own back. Silly. Um, but all that time in the gym, this one I'm saying is about rest on the last one. Yeah, all yeah. That time, all that time in the gym, a weight coat, straight back to the gym to do another weight coat. It's got to be taxing on the bleeding on the body now. I, I like, yeah, I think, I think a great stoppage by the ref again in a very a different situation. Stop, yeah. 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 But I think no. once he shook his head and sort of turned away, that's it. There's a, you know, I don't think he was looking for it now. It turns out he'd have broken orbital at the end. But uh, it very yeah. much had the had the look of um, Rory McDonald, Robbie Lauder too, and his face just crumbled at the end. And it was just mm. like, I oh, just just stop it, ref. We've seen enough here. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he like, looked at um, yeah. hit him the jab. I was like, are you going to say you know stop this and now like, and take that? Oh. Like we we've obviously watched a lot of fights, and I even found myself towards the end going, "Ah, there's enough now." Like this, yeah. this is enough. I, I yeah. don't think uh, I don't think referees do it um, enough. No, but like again, maybe not the best because the way the corner had handled things. Maybe the, the corner should have probably been stepping in there and going, "That's yeah, that, lads." Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, like like when you're calling for your fighter to do imminary roles to have any chance yeah, of winning the fight. Yeah. Just moving on from that, you said last week, uh, Chris, that uh, Gaethje thumps the head off Nurmagomedov in the open. Is that what we're going to see, is it? T- thumps the head is a, the, the, the Irish, uh, Irish technical <laughs> breakdown of that fight. I think he, I think he murders him. I think, he, like, I think he's a terrible matchup for Khabib. Now, I could, be, I could be completely wrong. Khabib comes out and takes him down immediately, but I just, I don't know. I heard him speak and he was saying his, he... Uh, about the Tony fight, he was before like um, he was saying that he the best version, his best wrestling is his defensive kind of wrestling. That's that's where he does his best work. Uh, so I'm interested. I, I'd like to see the fight. Uh, yeah, um, I, th- I think uh, obviously we can keep it standing. I think it's uh, gauges all day long. The wrestling will dictate the whole fight to, to see where it goes. And then cardio, maybe I know, um, maybe. If Khabib does sort of get the takedown for the first two rounds, um, his gauge's going to be wrecked by yeah. the and vice versa. If Khabib can't get the first two uh, takedowns in the first two or three rounds, you know, is he going to be wrecked from going for the takedowns? So I think it's literally all game. about. Yeah, it's all who gets the game off, isn't it? Really yeah. early, you know. Yeah. Um, I I think like if it, like you know I'm literally just I should have probably checked this beforehand, but like. How many high-level wrestlers has Khabib fought and beat? Um, I can't think of one. High-level wrestlers. I'm trying to think up the top of my head that he's who's been fighting lately. He had he had trouble with Alaquinta, who isn't like, ha, like his, hard, yeah, his, his hardest fight was um, uh, Gleason. Gleason, yeah. 
And he was a, I think he wrestled for the Brazilian top, um, Brazilian national team at one point, or you know, we wrestled with him in over in the American top team. Uh, super hard guy to take down. Um, well, he gave him his hardest fight the night. Yeah, couldn't take him down. Like, and I felt possibly lost the decision, but got it anyway. You know, I felt yeah. like that was it. Uh, but like, that's what I'm saying. So, like, we we have no kind of um, no one to gauge it against him going against a very decorated wrestler and being able to drag them around the place the way he does everyone else. You know, yeah. Maybe happy happy all the sanyas, but that's probably it. Really, is it? Yeah, Rafael doesn't have any kind of wrestling pedigree. He's a, he's a phenomenal yeah. grappler, and obviously he takes people down in MMA, but as you know, before starting fighting, he has no wrestling pedigree really. And then, so that, it's probably going to, it's definitely going to be Gaethje Khabib next. So where did you think it has that, to be? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, where does that leave? Are we looking at Connor? I know we talked about it with Choke there. Are we looking at Connor Poirier too, do you think? That kind of put the, the sequence in place with Tony out suspended medically, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's a good show. I mean, well, in terms of He's he did he has won a lot of fights at lightweight um since he made the move up from the Connor since Connor sort of spun his off from um so he's fought with the belt yeah I mean look I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the fight that makes sense in terms of because Connor beat him so well and quick last time um but I definitely watch it again. What about uh I keep using him here. If they just want to bring him back, what about Conor Pettis at 155? Yeah, great for you. Yeah, I'd watch that all day long. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I, just don't, I just don't see, like, if like if Conor beats Pettis, is that, the, like, the, and say Ferguson's back then, does, does Ferguson get the crack at the, say Khabib beats Gaethje, is Ferguson back? You, you, you're speaking like the rankings mean something, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Forgive me. Yeah. Like, like I, think, I think the UFC would happily make Connor versus Khabib or um, Gaethje for the belt now, just because it's going to be the biggest draw. <clears throat> you know, if, they could, they, if you know, if Gaethje injures himself and train and drop a bit, they just make Connor Khabib next. Or if if he, if he can't go there and then what the UFC want, or if he has to flu or a tickle on his chest, I would just do Connor Khabib. You know, it's not, it's not the, you know, they'll just do whatever suits them. Yeah. So, like, you know, giving them Pettis, who's coming off a win. Is he coming off two wins? Oh, he lost to Diaz. Oh, yeah, he lost to Diaz before that. You know, so, like, Pettis is a fun fight. I think the fight would suit Connor. I think, uh, do you know, uh, a, a tough fight uh, would be Charles Oliveira. But I think a suit, that fight would suit Connor. I think Connor, I think Connor beats him before he gets the takedown. He hits the ground, yeah. man. Oliveira is good, and then that gives them that gives them a good name to come off for a title fight. Dan Hooker, if they want to go that way. Sorry, Dan Hooker. He's big for that weight, isn't he? Oh my good god! Yeah, yeah, he came off a good win against Paul Felder, a close win against yeah. Paul Felder down in, in Auckland. Um, yeah, that could make sense either, actually. Yeah. I think, where I think is the he, is he in brackets? Uh, five. Connor's four. Hooker's five. Makes sense, yeah. I think Hooker's not a big enough net name, though, is he? No, not yet. Good for you, though. Big yeah, for he way. is very good, yeah. Yeah. Clean kind of style. Yeah, but yeah. I think, uh, I think like, he's no, he's no draw. Like, like if they're going to make Hooker, they might as well make Pettis. Do yeah, it's I mean? a big up, big up, big up for you. Yeah. Uh, I think it has to be, like, someone like Tony, Diaz, um, Justin, or Khabib, really. 
that, that inside his bracket, the top, the top four, really, isn't it? Yeah, and the draws, like the big draws. I think, I think the problem there is like, like if 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 Justin fights the way he normally does, Connor will kill him. If you Unless he goes out, yeah, he'd kill him, he'd kill him. So what's Gage, what's Gage's best game plan against Connor? Wrestle early. I would have thought, you know. Uh, but like he doesn't seem like that's his job. Not that Connor's wrestling's bad. I just think it's if you were looking at Justin's best chance of winning the fight, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. If he stands and strikes the way he was, because he was getting landed on by Tony too, like you know, you know, not to the same extent, but he was getting landed on. And Paul, you you're the same as me. You've trained with Connor. You've sparred him. Yeah. You felt that you know, you know, if he cracks someone, they're going. It's different. Like it is different. So I find with Connor is uh, his timing is so so good. My, it's like you think he's maybe a little bit out of range for a jab or one two. Next of all, he's holding because he stands stand so tall. In orthodox, he'll actually hold your your lead hand. He grabs it, and next of all, you're looking and saying, "What's he grabbing my hand for?" Bang! And the t- yeah, crack, he, yeah. yeah, it's 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 just his timing is so so good. Obviously, the power is there too, and I think it's a combination of uh, of both of them is why he puts uh, these fellas away. So then we're going with uh, Gaethje to beat Khabib, and then whatever Connor does and Connor Gaethje, then end of the year. Is that what we're looking at? Um, I never said. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who. To, I don't know who. It's a toss up for me with Gaethje Khabib. I genuinely can't put it in me hand on it. I I always seem this confident. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I always seem this confident. <laughs> Actually, who won? Um, who won on picks the other night? I think we Chris were even. I think my Stevens, my Stevens boy, uh, he got taken off with an elbow. I I called Qatar, didn't I? Cater, uh, Cater, Cater, Cater. Yeah, you said Qatar. That's you've been I thrown think, off. Uh, I think Stevens are good the first round, um, and there was a, about a minute left in the first round. Your man, Kayla, has that sort of lighting uh, Stevens up, and then the second round, then just caught him with that unmerciful he's, level. He's a, he's a beautiful straight right, doesn't he, your man, Kayla? Yeah. Beautiful yeah, straight right, long. Yeah. I think it's Stevens his over aggression there uh, maybe kills him in some fights because he was hunting him down the whole, uh, the whole first round. And I think. Yeah. Uh, that guy Kader just waited out. It's fun uh, to watch though, Stephen. He's the type of guy yeah. that'll always have a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. People want to watch him fight, like, you know. Uh, so I think I think you were right on the Cejudo. You called Cejudo. I called Dominic Cruz. Yeah. We did we both say Justin? I think we both said Justin. Both said Justin, yeah. Uh we both said Verdum, I thought, and we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Both said Ngannou. Um, we both said Ngannou. I think I I think you had another one right that I had wrong there because I think we ended up kind of even. Red's red tennis, and you had Cerrone just oh, arguing. Pettis, 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 Pettis. Pettis. Yeah. yeah. That's well, amazing. really, he didn't win that fight, so actually, Come I on, won. Okay. <laughs> what did he get in the end? 29 28. Yeah. Actually, a draw would have been a fair result for that fight. Hey, then neither one of us would have won here, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're just even. We're, we're that's where we're at. We're even there. Oh, we're even, Stevens. Every already. Yeah. What's going? What's going down tomorrow night? Ah, oh, Reds are with a curva. Jesus. You're meant to have this up, uh, prep, son. This is Anthony meant to be Smith. Glover, Anthony Smith, Glover, Teixeira, Ben Watrell, Ovin St. Prue, Alexander Hernandez, Drew Dober, 
Uh, Ricky Simon, Ray Borg, Carl Robertson, Marvin. Is Ray Borg fighting again? What's that, 125? Uh, Bantamweight. Yeah, 130. It's definitely, you can't make that 25 anymore. No. Yeah. Hey, how many times he missed a, did he miss a four or five, five times? Four or, or five, yeah. How what do you think of the main event there? Uh, Anthony Smith against the share. Anthony Smith all day long. Yeah, I think the share is probably past now, is he? Yeah. A little bit like, yeah. looks slower. Looks looks Luke older. Luke a couple, yeah, looked great a couple of years ago, and his hand. He's a good black belt. Is he still training with the the pit with? Um, I don't know. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there for um, what's your man's name? Yeah, he was there. I don't know. He's still there. I don't know. Seems a bit of a like, mad spot that. And is there anybody even coming out there anymore? Like that was one of the big gyms years ago when Chuck yeah. was around, and um, because of Chuck, but uh, I don't think there's anybody. I think if you if you're the top dog. Up there, and there's no one else up there, you know, go somewhere else. But yeah, yeah Anthony Smith all day long. Yeah, I'd be with you on that. And then Ben Rothwell and o- OSP. They have to go OSP just because the youth is on the side. Big Ben, they hit you, you're out, but I just don't think he has any, I just don't think that speed is there with him anymore, you know. Do you think, do you think the big size difference will come in though? Like the big size difference, I'd imagine. Only in the first round, maybe. Um, yeah. I think after that, that, is just going to tire out. Uh, OSP, I'd say he'd probably walk in at the fight night about 220, probably giving yeah. up about 20, giving up about two, uh, 20 pounds. So maybe the first night, Ben, uh, the first round of uh, Ben sort of will have that pep in his step um, and the spring in his punch. I don't know, but I think it's OSP's for taking anyway. So. I, I, think, I think Rothwell uh, takes it because I think he just tries to push him against Cage for three rounds. He doesn't mind an ugly fight, Rothwell. He's a bit of a dirt like that. He'll be there just throwing little body shots for three rounds straight. But yeah, yeah. He might be able to. So there we go. We can we can see where we're at numbers-wise then again next week. But need a little different opinion sometimes, huh? Folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season grab kleenex and face allergies head on hi 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.